0: And now, your hosts, David Delo
1: Lopez and Jason Smith. This is
0: The Metalist.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us. Thanks again. It's The Metalist yeah, Podcast y'all. with Dave. And Jason. Today... We're gonna D de- or delve. Wow. Why did I it make that sound like a question? That's weird.
2: And Jason? Yeah. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure it's me. It's fine.
1: It's never you know, it's not a bad thing to stop every once in a while and just check and make sure, you know. You gotta you gotta be aware of your surroundings and your inner being and whatnot. I gotta
2: get used to this handheld yeah. microphone that we're using for this week. Yep. It's weird.
1: Yep. It keeps it more authentic, so to speak. So today we're going to talk about something very near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, especially if you're especially if you're a big fan of uh denim, right? This leather? is leather? Leather and denim it depends on the combination. Hair. Well, non-hairsprayed hair. That's true. Yeah. God forbid. Today we're talking about thrash, the origins, the Well, specifically old
2: school, but Yeah. Did we want to Okay, so do we want to talk about just, like, old-school thrash in general? Are we talking about just the big four? Are we talk about just Metallica?
1: You want to start off with the big four and then branch out from there? Because I was also thinking... We Exodus. could do that because then we
2: don't have to do this for Slayer and Megadeth and... Yeah, yeah. Anthrax. Yeah, so exactly. Okay, so this will be our deep dive into the big four? Yeah. Correct? Okay. Yeah. So, where do you want to start?
1: Metallica, right? I mean, that's where it all kind of roads lead to as far as we can tell.
2: Well, what's your... Damn, I totally had it, and I blew it. <laughs> do we want to restart? No. Okay. Just keep it going. What, what's it. your... What, what's your... um What the fuck do you call it? What am I trying to say? Starting point? No, but, like, what's your thoughts, I guess, in general, on the big four?
1: Big four. Okay, okay. So, big four, I know a lot of people contest what the actual Big Four is because in some people's minds, Anthrax doesn't belong on there and they would rather see Testament or they would rather see Exodus or Death Angel or whatever. That's stupid. It is. It all makes sense to me, dude. It's not the Big Four. Okay, taking all that out, let's just say it was best or whatever. It's all subjective. We're talking about the Big Four because they were the Big Four. They were the ones that sold the most, you know.
2: They're the first, like, They're the first big ones. Yeah. Testament wasn't even a band. Like, these dudes were playing for a while before Testament was a band. Right, Exodus was a band, but they were nowhere near the fucking level. It's not we're talking about, like, who you think's the best band out of all of them.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's who was the fucking...
1: Who were the leaders of the pack.
2: Exactly. And it's like, how can you even contest... You know what I mean like Absolutely. Yeah, Kirk came from Exodus, but Exodus, uh, to fuck, even they'll fucking tell you they weren't as big as the other four bands.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I
2: mean like that's fucking crazy. So fuck that. That's dumb. The big four is and will always be Anthrax, Slayer, Megadeth, and Metallica. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the only fucking way. Yeah. Um you know, and every everything else is Tier two, and when we say tier two, we don't mean like a lower, like, I don't mean like they're worst bands. Yeah. I just mean they came to prominence at a fucking completely different time, or they had different levels of popularity, you know? And I mean, I'm thinking probably tier two bands like Testament, Exodus, mm-hmm. or even like... Uh, fuck I mean I guess even Flotsam and Jetsam yeah who are the Death other two Angel. that
1: you, people think of Overkill is another you know, one Overkill is think another of.
2: one that was kind of like a tier yeah, fuck Overkill might not even be tier 2 they might be tier like 3
1: yeah like. I, it kind of gets dicey as, yeah, okay. Nuclear oh, salt's
2: yeah. probably like a
0: third that was the other one you know, I was going to say tier. Yeah. Like, it's
2: not like they were huge Yeah, they did have some pretty big songs on Headbangers Ball but like I think they were later also
1: right now you got me thinking, because if we are going by, if it is the most genuine big four, who is the other big four? Is It's got to be Exodus and Testament at the very least, probably Overkill. <sighs> that other slot's killing me.
2: Wait, I, Death Angel wasn't ever really that big. No. Nah.
1: Neither was Flotson. Um, let's see.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't even know who you would say, you know, the second tier you know, other than maybe, like, because, fuck, I think Flotsam and Jetsam was, what, 89,
1: 90? Yeah, give or take. I think
2: they were 90s or something like that. Like,
1: well, I think the uh, first record with uh, Newstead was out before he joined, and that would have been in 87, right? Now nah, we got probably. these little devices to tell us all these things.
2: Oh, you got to look some shit up, man. Yeah,
1: some <sighs> research.
2: All right. So, like, Creator would be, like, a tier two, only because uh, they weren't, like, very big in the United States, because a lot of people here didn't hear them.
0: Yeah. Uh, first
1: Flats on my record was in 86, Doomsday for the Deceiver. And that's the other thing, is the German bands get put in their own camp called the—that um, didn't sound right. But the Germans get put in <laughs> their own little thing called the Teutonic Thrash movement, right? The Teutonic— what the fuck? Four or whatever. And I don't remember who I don't remember if it's actually for. It's Creator, Sodom, and um Destruction? Does that sound right? I could look forbidden, all
2: this up. destruction, creator, Sodom. I could see those being I don't know what the fuck Teutonic is, but it just means you know. German. Oh, I yeah. was going say it sounds all fucking like Museum of Thrash type shit or some shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, destruction wait oh that's way too much information
2: so they're almost like a big four of German, of of europe yeah
1: you know european
2: thrash or something yeah which that would be a whole different thing i mean that's i don't know i they i mean for fuck's sakes man like say what you want about it there was a big four fucking concert it was Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax. And yep. it's not like those other bands were fucking out there picketing. No. You know, so whatever, man. That's who we're talking about right now. What's your first exposure to the big four? Like, Which one did you hear first?
1: Oh, Metallica, easy.
2: When I'm I was sure, yeah.
1: six, seeing the uh, video for Unforgiven at, at some random relative's house at a party or something and being traumatized by it. Now, granted, that's when they're out of thrash, quote-unquote, you know, as a as a movement, and they're moving into, I guess you would just say, typical heavy metal, or not typical, but, you know, kind of the, in the broader sense, heavy metal. Uh, that's the thing, is I didn't, you know, hear a lot of the thrash stuff until I was a little older. Anthrax, I heard, you know, they were on a soundtrack for uh, Last Action Hero, and that was in the thick of the days with John Bush. Same with Megadeth, same, that same soundtrack. Slayer, Slayer—the first song I heard was "Angel of Death," and that's again because of uh, Gremlins too. Uh, but you know, that's 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 their pinnacle thrash moment right there, right? So I'm trying to think. Yeah, that it all would have been because of MTV or whatever was happening in the '90s, and then I would have to go back and hear the stuff with Joey Belladonna for Anthrax. I would have to go back and hear, you know, "Killing Is My Business," "Rust in Peace," and whatnot. Those are, you know, my—and then Metallica's on the radio all the time here in the States, right? So that's—I I just turn it on, and then I would randomly hear Master of Puppets, thing that should not be, what have you. What about you?
2: So, like, you came into it in their weird period. Oh, yeah. When everything got weird. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I do have an affinity for Load and Reload because that's what was, you know, on at the right? time. Not so much saying anger. That's That's a whole different matter, but— of
0: the fact
2: Yeah So I was kind of In the thick of it Um One of the radio stations Back in Idaho Uh the rock station Just posted a thing on Facebook It's like what Album like I had the biggest impact on you In high school or something like that And Easily Master Puppets Right You know um I was probably like I don't know, I think it was like 8th grade when I heard it. And I had seen all I, I'd seen the magazines for years.
1: Right. Hit Parade or okay. Well, they didn't have
2: like I remember the first thing I saw of Metallica was Master Puppets. I don't remember seeing anything Ride the Lightning um in the magazines, like the especially like the full page ads. I don't remember seeing any anything for kill 'em All. But, I mean, I was still pretty young in, you know, in 83. Right. I remember seeing, you know, and then there was, like, the Metal Up Your Ass T-shirt. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that that was associated around Ride the Lightning, I guess. Um, Is that right? That's what I always thought. It had the same, like, look to it or whatever. I can see that. Um, they did, I, I thought they were, there was supposed to be an album that was supposed to be called Metal Up Your Ass, and they decided not to call it that. I don't remember which album it was, but. I remember, I, I remember seeing that, that but it was like the tiny little thumbnail in the back of the magazine with all the all the uh shirts like the the shirt designs or whatever so it was like yeah. you you could barely see it um and then eventually you know I like could you know you see you know, you know finally you see someone with the actual shirt and you're like oh wow and like the, and on the back i think it's because like on the back it had like the dude in the electric chair or whatever
0: oh yeah yeah that's yeah. why
2: i always kind of figured it was ride the lightning you know ride the lightning associated i guess but yeah but yeah, i don't remember ever seeing anything like that in the magazines i rem- i distinctly remember seeing the whole entire cover full page ad dude full, whole full, whole cover of master puppets and i didn't know You know, I mean, at the time, I think the heaviest thing I'd ever heard was just, you know, whatever the heaviest hair metal band was. Right. I honestly don't remember which one that was. You know, but maybe like some Judas Priest Iron Maiden was a little bit heavier than some of the hair metal stuff. But that was pretty much the heaviest thing. So I had no idea what, like, I didn't even know how to say it. Like, I just saw, you know, it could have been like Metallica.
0: You know, for for all I knew, I was like, I didn't even
2: know how to say it. Like I was just like, holy shit, but it looked kind of cool. I liked the way the logo looked, Mm -hmm. you know, the marble logo, like that looked pretty cool. And I was like, all right. And then I kept seeing it and I kept seeing it and I was like, like, this has got to be something big. Oh yeah. You know, like it's got to be something major. Right. And so when I found out a friend had it and I, I had it recorded on a 60 minute tape and it Didn't even get the full thing on there. You know, it was too long. I couldn't get the full thing on. For puppets? Yeah. Wow. It's longer than 60 minutes. Oh, shit. And then, finally, this kid was going to give the tape to another kid. And the other kid didn't like the band either, so I I just happened to be lockering right next to these two guys. And so I said, like, I'll take it. There you go. And I think at that point, I got to hear, like, all of Damage Incorporated actually i think what it was was like i missed out on part of orion Uh because of side one ended oh okay i think i missed part of damage because the whole tape ended Hmm. like the blank tape so i finally got to hear the whole album and i was like holy fuck and i mean it knocked my dick in the dirt it was the fucking heaviest thing i'd ever heard Mm. at the time and it was by far the coolest thing i'd ever heard easily more like more technical i mean aside from solos Right, it was more technical than anything, mm-hmm. uh, faster than most everything, and it just—I mean—it just hit me all the right way. Like, it really set me on. Actually, it didn't even set me on anything. That was the music I was looking for. Yeah, you know, it was and a then culmination. shortly after that, like I heard uh, Slayer, mm-hmm. or actually, I think I heard Anthrax before that. A friend of mine did a BMG music, yeah. you know six tapes for free for a penny or whatever. Right. And then, um, and I loved, uh, that was, that was, um, among the living. Yeah. Um, another one I saw a full page ad for that. I loved, I, I just thought that the logo looked so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing, you know, you'll be hearing a logo episode soon. Right. But another one, uh, uh, this other kid, so this is like probably ninth grade. Mm-hmm. This kid, uh, who ended up, I ended up being in a band with, with the dude like he's you know like my main guitar player for most of playing in a band and whatnot jeremiah peterson like he recorded south of heaven for me nice and that was actually the first that was actually the second slayer song i'd heard the first slayer song i heard was necrophiliac off of a metal blade sampler right um i thought it was cool but it wasn't anything like Holy shit! But then I heard South of Heaven. I was like, God damn! Like this is fucking awesome. Super yeah. haunting. Blah blah blah. So I think I heard Megadeth before that too. I remember my friend had the big record. P cells. Right. I remember trying to draw Vic Rattlehead and like Sweet. trying to draw that logo. That like,
1: Ed Ripka uh, or Repka, I should say, cover art.
2: Yeah, like it was. I mean, I remember all that. Like, and you know, the, the the at the time, I I was I was. You Know trying to play bass and, and whatnot, and and um, I remember like you know just hearing Dave Ellison, just
1: mm-hmm. yeah, dude, he's still mm-hmm. my favorite of the and it was big like, four fuck bass. Yeah, dude,
2: like that was cool. And shortly after that, I mean, I just started getting more and more albums from all of them. It right. was like so, it went from like South of Heaven right to Hell Awaits because I heard some guys at the Rigby Lake fucking playing. Uh, it was the intro to Hell Awaits, right? That intro was just like, fuck yeah, so um. I heard that. So I got Hell Awaits from those guys. I borrowed it and, re- and recorded it. And then I heard Rain and Blood finally. Nice. And that was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, once I heard that, it was just like over for everything else. But I think Megadeth, I ended up hearing the first album. Didn't really like it that much. I still yeah. don't like it that much. Yeah. And then. I think anthrax, I heard spreading the disease right after Among mm. the Living. Didn't like it as much. It was a little more hair metal-y yeah. than, than Among the Living. It's and a transition. Metallica, after I heard... I In fact, I think I got Ride the Lightning and Kill Them All both at the same time, where I loved Ride the Lightning. I just wasn't quite as into Kill Them All. Same. Um, but I did like it. I liked it more than like the, the earlier anthrax. I liked it more than the earlier Megadeth stuff. Now... When I heard Hell Awaits, that was another one where it was like, okay, I love this too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the thing about those first ones out of the gate. Do you think that's the thing? Is it like the songs are there? It's just the production hampers it a little?
2: Well, it's also the time. So you, so like Anthrax's earlier stuff, I mean, hair metal was huge. Like, And that's how you had to get seen. And so you're trying to tread that line where it's like, oh, well, we're kind of hair metal, but mm-hmm. we kind of want to do this thing. And it really... I mean, honestly, to me, like the way I always saw it was like, we're going to have this almost hair metal-y kind of sound just to get our foot in the door.
1: Right. You know, that's the thing is I, I've heard Fistful of Metal with Neil Turbin, right? I don't remember what it sounds like. I can't remember any of those songs. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I, I, I'm sure they would want everybody to forget that for the most part, too, right? At least, at least that vocal performance, maybe.
2: You would never know it was Anthrax. Yeah. You'd never know. But, I mean, listen to early Slayer, like the first Slayer album. I mean, you could tell it's Slayer, but, I mean, it's definitely got hair metal production. It's got Mm -hmm. hair metal kind of qualities, too, especially with the way Tom's singing and whatnot. Yeah. But, again, it's like you could come into hair metal a la Motley Crue. I mean, Motley Crue had the fucking pentagram in their logo for fucking ever. I mean, so that was... Acceptable. And you had Dio, who was, you know, quote, unquote, occult and satanic and stuff. Jeez. So you had a lot of that. Wasp. So you could come in with this like this occult vibe, and you were just kind of like on this different trip for like glam metal, hair metal. And then basically, I always saw it as like, oh, they just kind of were getting their foot in the door, and then all of a sudden, bam, now we could do whatever we want. Right. Especially if you sign like a, you know, X amount of album deal. Right. Right. You know, you could slowly fucking change into what you really are. And, you know, tastes changed too, you know, like over, over the years and whatnot. And then, obviously, they met Rick Rubin. He stripped down a bunch of, you know, he kind of recorded like a punk album, stripped out a bunch of reverb and whatnot. Now they didn't have the hair metal sound. So, yeah, it's kind of it was kind of like that. I mean, Metallica had like kind of almost like this motorhead angle um, with their first album. Yeah, exactly. Um, they seemed like definitely like more. I don't know. Like, more, it's weird, because that album's definitely bluesier. Oh, yeah, Like, dude. as far as the bass goes. Yeah. Not the bass guitar, but as far as the bass sound goes. Yeah. Definitely bluesier, but not, like, Sabbath bluesier. It was, like, fast blues, like, blues bass stuff. But I mean, because Kirk really hadn't hit his stride with, like, his solos yet. Right. You know, but by the time they hit Ride the Lightning, it was like, okay, we know what we want to do now. And, and it was like, yeah. damn. Like, it was totally is night and day. And, <laughs> and it's a
1: very slim, you know, like, amount of time between the two albums, too, right? And they go from... a couple years. I was like, well, um, what was or it? Kill All was 83, and then uh, Ride was 84, right? It was 84? Yeah, so oh, it yeah. was a quick turnaround. And you go from John Zazula, right, uh, on kill uh kill them all and like that was the big connection was he was just the guy putting the record out he had the record shop in new york or whatever right and then so who? what do you do from there you go to denmark of all places and record with fleming rasmussen and then you do it again even better with uh with master of puppets yeah years i mean later.
2: They, it's they really hit quick man
1: yeah also i'm saying and in retrospect it's a very short amount of time all that happened but I'm sure you know. It seemed like a lifetime at the time when everything oh, yeah. was going on in the well, thick of it. Was sl-
2: first Slayer is what eighty three.
1: I want to say yeah. I is think all 83? the big ones are eighty three. Right
2: around eighty three. Yeah. And oddly enough, man. I mean, I think that's kind of like the first fucking glam stuff. I mean, the 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 big stuff because I, I think it's like what shout of the devils eighty three. I think. Yeah, but look, I, well, I Actually say it's I don't a know if it's that old Def Leppard Pyromania is 83 I know that
1: Yeah Shout Out the Devil is 83, 83 Oh but that's the like, second record Yeah too that's their second love. album
2: That's what I'm saying like the, all the big stuff Was yeah. like 83 because Def Leppard had albums Before that too Yeah, but they weren't as big 83 is when everything kind of hit And it was like really strange because By 88 mm-hmm. I mean we're talking a five year span By 88 Hair metal's almost out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know what I mean? Guns and Roses is starting to come out and and they're starting to kill it off and you know what I mean? Like it's I mean it's it seemed cuz even for me growing up in that time like it seemed like such a longer time span.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I reflect on that a lot. You know, 15 I, you know, years ago seemed a lot yeah, longer to me now it and it seemed
2: now. like, like it seemed like hair metal ruled the world for so long. And it was just like, oh, and it actually wasn't really yeah. that long of a time. Like By, by yeah. the time everybody got their stride. Because, yeah, obviously bands are bands long before they they break. You know, a lot of times they have a couple albums that aren't as big. And then they have, like, the huge breakout album. Yeah. and And it's like when you hit that breakout to, like, when the thing actually kind of, like, fades out a little bit right yeah a lot of times man it's not that long of a time uh time period man it's, it's like, really kind of weird
1: yeah new metals prominence the more it is like like in the thick of man, it what's that five years if, is that five full years is that like grunge like,
2: is maybe five years i don't even think it's five years no, no, i mean no, yeah. it's really weird all the main
1: movements i guess they don't actually last that long and no no in the grand scheme
0: Because of I things.
2: think I I think that's another thing too, though. Once the newness wears off, now it just be, now it's just part of the wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not, oh, we got a new spoke. It's, it's like, you know, oh yeah, we got this new spoke, we got the new spoke, and now it's just, oh yeah, that's just that spoke. You know? And so it's like, all right. It does kind of leave the spotlight, but it's still there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's really kind of interesting to me also that. Where, okay, so where do these bands come from? So like Judas Priest, you know, obviously Slayer talks about Judas Priest all the time. Like, right. the, you know, oh, Judas Priest. And, and Metallica said like, oh, you know, Motorhead was a big deal. And then like there was a lot of those, um those European bands too. Because mm-hmm. Lars is from Denmark. Uh, Denmark, yeah. I mean I don't I don't think I've ever really heard much from Mustaine about that sort of thing no. but he was probably on their same level as Metallica because he was in Metallica so it's like
1: it's just a continuation I would
2: just assume he was kind of there with those guys yeah and then um anthrax you know growing up like in you know they're from New York mm-hmm. there was obviously punk and hardcore was huge in New York City and you know obviously New York City gets pretty much all the music so yeah, they no probably kidding. had a lot of everything oh yeah you know yeah. what I mean and it's like yeah. but they definitely had a lot of more um, punk and hardcore ten- like stylings Absolutely. in their stuff and also then obviously the, you know the comic books and whatnot, like yeah um,
1: Anthrax was talking about that was the whole thing with bands like Priest and Ma- well, Baden specifically at that time when they were forming. It's just like, oh, this is the new blood, so we're the new new blood with the thrash movement, right? Because Sabbath by that point is already old. But you're talking, and he talks about, but you're talking about a difference between like 1970 to 1980. In grand, you know, retrospect, it's exactly what we're saying. In retrospect, it wasn't actually that huge of a time difference. But when you're in the thick of it, you know, and when it's brand new. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of dinosaurs or whatever in their mind, and you know.
2: Oh yeah, you. I mean, th- everything goes through that constantly. I mean, rap's going through it right now. You have a bunch of the old rappers that don't like the new rappers, and it's yeah. Some of the old rappers come out, and like I heard one of the guys from Wu Tang Clan said, said it best: "Like, hey, this new stuff, this ain't for us. Mm-hmm. This isn't for us, man. This is for younger kids. Like, it's for the new." generation man he's like when and he goes and when we were coming up you know the older guys were like oh you know you guys shouldn't be saying this and you shouldn't be saying that and you guys got to have more message you guys got to do this but he's like you know when i was younger i was looking at the older guys going you know what well fuck you old man like this ain't for you i'm yeah. not talking to you yeah and he goes so that's where he goes that's where i'm at right now is i'm telling the older fans and the older rappers like hey this isn't for you and it's like that with metal it's like that with country it's like it's like that with everything man i mean you got to have a good understanding of the history of you know you don't have to have a good understanding of it helps yeah if you have a good understanding of the history of your of your of music in general but of your especially your type of music but at the same time you don't actually have to pay it any fucking respect or homage at all. Yeah, no, You're absolutely. You're not trying to like unless you're trying to be a retro band. Let a retro band, whatever happened before you doesn't fucking matter, man. You're trying to blaze a new trail, dude. And if you're trying to blaze a new trail, uh, you can't blaze a new trail when you're still walking on the old one. So yeah. it's like, well, fuck. I remember fucking seeing, you know, first first listening to Metallica. And I mean, the first thing that really stood out to me, obviously, the fucking riffs, mm-hmm. and it was like the so the speed of all of it. It was definitely faster, but now that I listen to it now, it's not like it's super fast.
1: Yeah, no, but it would have been for the time. There's right? some
2: songs. I mean, like Damage Incorporated, is, you know, fairly fast song. Man, Megadeth had, um, you know, some some pretty fast. Black Friday has pretty fast pacing to it. Yeah. Um, you know, Slayer has a lot of. Fast stuff, but I mean, they have a lot of punky type fast stuff also. Absolutely. And then Anthrax, probably I think was one of the slower out of all of them. I mean, Cotton Mosh is a pretty fast. You know. Well, well, the one that immediately comes to mind is know,
1: Indians for me. If you think about the verses. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: true. They, I mean, they, I mean, they all had, they all kind of took what almost like what Motorhead and some of the punk bands were doing. And threw it into kind of like either what Iron Maiden and Judas Priest was doing. Yeah. Whichever one you styled after. And it became its own thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like Slayer was definitely hitting more of the occult style right off the bat. Oh, yeah. They were like, boom, we are the occult one. Mm -hmm. Metallica was kind of like... Like almost different right? yeah I mean yeah. they were kind of a different one they were more, almost more like a classical thing and, and they were definitely more epic but they talked about about you know they had the song like Creeping Death and they had like stuff like Phantom Lord on the first album yeah um, so I mean they did have a little bit of Iron Maiden in them yeah you know with that sort of thing but then like Anthrax obviously you know the fucking comic books and they were and, the fun one for yeah, they were kind definition. of the jokey, the fun one, the yeah. the fuck, you know, and definitely like the hardcore styled, mm-hmm. you know, and then Megadeth was kind of in between Slayer and Metallica because they had stuff like The Conjuring, which almost like if you read the lyrics, it's I, I, it's almost like it's describing a fucking satanic ritual. Yeah. You know, and but they also had stuff like they were, you know, political too. Yep. Where they had stuff like peace sells, but who's buying? And 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 they had Is My business and business is good. And were they the most overtly political one? At the time, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say. And it, I mean, I think even they be, they kind of stayed that way. Yeah. But that they, to me, that's what thrash kind of became was almost like. So to me, okay, let's get into this. What is thrash to you? Mm. What is it?
1: That's a good question, because I've been thinking about that more and more, because I, you know, the re-Thrash movement from 10, uh, 12 years ago is kind of like this pastiche of the idea of thrash, right? And what they didn't have, what none of those bands really had, was the individual traits and qualities and character that made each one of those that we've just talked about. Metallica had the riffs and they had the epic sensibilities, Slayer... Well, okay, and I would say that Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax are more closely stylistically uh, related than Slayer is to any of them, because Slayer was very much to me their own thing, where they were doing a lot more of the, you know, single string, you know, skippy things with the with the no- like the riffs and the notes, right? Whereas a lot of those other guys, it's a lot of like really fast power chords, more or less. So to me, the definitive version of thrash. I don't know that I have one if we're talking about the big four now that I'm thinking about it.
2: I think it's like the mix of like punk music. Well, okay. Yeah. With yeah. With heavy metal. Like, yeah. like I think I just like I kind of just said it. Well, was taking d- punk music, but putting it in, mixing it in with whatever Iron Maiden and Judas Priest was doing because they weren't mixing that into what glam was doing. The no. riffs aren't the same.
1: Yeah. And that's the big thing is they, and I guess there's some documentary I got to watch called Get Thrashed where they talk about Ooh, a lot of new, cool. do, and that, that was the thing. I didn't even know it already came out. I remember them talking about it 16 years ago and then hearing about it years later being like, what, it came out finally? And um, they talk about, like, that was the thing, was the first pollinization or cross-hybridization, whatever you want to call it, pollinization, of of punk and metal really came about with the, the NWOBHM. Is that what it is? New Wave of Breeze. Okay, yeah. Nuwabum, as some people call it, um, you know, with with like what was going on with the punk and metal scenes in Britain at the time, right? And that was the next step. Was it was uh, as far as American thrash? It was punk and hardcore of America and metal. So that the, the, then I guess in this movie they break it down. Thrash is the melodic tendencies and the and the technicality. What was going on with the nuwabum bands from uh, England? Your maidens. Your uh, your Judas priests and and, you know those kind of more epic bands of the time, and then it's the it's the fury and the uh, aggression of the punk and hardcore bands. But the other component that kind of got lost in the mix around that time that they brought back was the heaviness of Black Sabbath. So it's a like kind of a three prong thing, from what I understand.
2: There's definitely a heaviness element there for sure. I mean. You know, a lot of times like I listen, I'm like, Well what makes this thrash but it's not melodic death metal or something? A yeah. lot of times it's the drums. Right. A yeah, lot of yeah. times the drums. They have the chicka 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 you know that yeah.
1: the gallop as they call well, it? it well to me it was
2: so that's what we used to call blast beat. Mm-hmm. Which is chicka, 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 you know? Yeah. So, you know, a really fast one two beat. Yeah. Right? And now it's you know blast beats are you know with like everything going all at the same time and yeah it's and there's variations super fast on it. snare like so when that happened we you know we used to call the suffo blast like that's yeah. because suffocation was doing them and uh, but back then a blast beat was just that really fast you know and then they have the you know that's kind of like the the standard thrash beat also yeah to me that's the biggest difference. You know, because they're still playing riffs like that. Um, I mean, a lot of bands are still playing riffs like that. From yeah. death metal bands to thrash bands. Right. You know, to not thrash bands, um, you know. And the big difference is, is is the fucking drums. And supposedly Tom Hunting yeah, from, from uh, uh, Exodus. Exodus is the yeah. guy that really got that. Like, he really kind of brought that to to prominence and... You know, I I got into it with a friend of ours about like you know, um, you know, did Exodus invent thrash? You know, were Metallica, you know, just kind of like okay, all these bands played together. Yeah, like that was one thing that I I just recently found out. You know, within the last few years, was a lot of these bands, like Metallica, went out to New York City and toured, and they played with Anthrax while they were out there. Like, in yep. in fact, I think Scott Ian just posted a picture a couple of days ago. Of him and old school him, old school him with hair,
0: yeah, which is you always know fun. like
2: probably had the knot shaved in his fucking chest and shit, but like yeah. it was him and fucking James Hetfield, and it was old school James Hetfield, and it was like, you know, so that's the thing, like, and and just like with the, you know, the death core scene or the grunge scene or this scene or that scene when there's some kind of new movement going on, the death metal movement down in fucking Florida, when there's there's similarities to what you're doing and you are going to watch these other bands and you're like, damn, like that's a really cool thing. I want to do something like that. Now, you can try and copy that. Yeah, dude, right there. You can try and copy that. There's nothing wrong with that because here's what happens. You try and copy what they're doing it always ends up sounding like you doing something that they're doing. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they're doing it. It sounds like you're doing something that they're doing. Right. And then eventually, after your band plays it a bunch of times, it just becomes your way of doing a thing, and it changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Super slight. You know, and so that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, Tom Hunting was the guy that brought that to prominence. Well, that's cool. Yeah. You know, but guess what, man? Like, you know... I mean, every other band that's bigger than Exodus got it noticed beforehand, and and it's not not a slide on Tom Hunting at all. I you know, and not a slide on Exodus at all either. Man, I fucking love Exodus, dude. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think they're one of the fucking. I mean, I, to be completely honest with you, I think they're one of the harder fucking thrash bands.
1: Oh yeah, I I don't know them for like riffs or like memorability. I know they're, them for aggression. Yeah. yeah,
2: they're they're pretty hard. Like I mean, but you know, Slayer always had this evilness to them. Megadeth kind of was like that, too. Okay, so let's get into this now. Mm -hmm. Versus, versus, versus. Mm. Who you got? Big four.
1: Uh, Are we talking preference or or prominence?
2: Okay, let's start. Let's start with uh, who's your favorite of the big four?
1: Man, Um, it's changed throughout the years. If you asked me when I was 14, I probably still would have said Metallica, but like... Slayer would have been right up there. I fucking my 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 interest in Slayer peaked when I was fourteen. I ate it all up. Uh later years I would say anthrax. Um but I'm talking specifically about John Bush Anthrax. And then the more I think about it, I it's only a few songs. As much as I love that era of anthrax, it's like a few songs off of each album, right? It's not like entire albums, right? And then the more I think about it, maybe it's just Metallica you know it's hard to deny metallica um Baghdad's not in that conversation at all as much as i love as much as i love them all it's all to one degree or another um so i guess i'd have to say metallica dude you can't deny i can't deny the impact it had i can't deny you know the songs the amount of just sheer songs on all those albums and the just the totality of the albums themselves you know Ride the Lightning is a complete album front to back. It's not just a collection of songs. There's like an actual flow to it. Same with Master of Puppets. You know, like it's it's kind of undeniable, I think. so. And because my answer would change every so often when you ask me uh, throughout the years, right now I'd have to say Metallica, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I'll go ahead and though I love Anthrax.
2: I've just found recently there's a lot of people, I guess moving here, Cause mm-hmm. in Idaho, generally, like if you asked everybody, like, uh, I mean, most of the people I knew, it was always you know Metallica, and especially with the Metallica versus Megadeth thing, it was always Metallica, yeah. It was always Metallica, and then I, I moved here and it was always like everybody's like you know
0: Megadeth.
1: Yeah, I, a lot of people you talk to will it was say really that.
2: surprised at how many people here just really loved Megadeth. I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. I, I think wonder it's if because that's they're favoritism. a little more technical.
1: And I was gonna say, I wonder if there's a a local aspect to it too, because for a while i don't know maybe they are or not but you know megadeth is a local band or they were for a for a minute well, you they, know what's
2: weird is like we always grew up under the this info that dave Mustaine grew up in incum idaho which is right by pocatello which really? is right down the road from, from Idle falls yeah so i i just think like for me it was like you know especially metallica versus megadeth i just didn't like dave's vocals as much um uh, so it was always, you know, I mean, yeah, they had like they were technically. I mean, they're probably better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably a better band. I mean, I mean, as far as players, yeah, they're no, probably absolutely. a better band. I mean, yeah. Kirk's. Yeah, I mean, not saying Metallica isn't good, but I mean, I I think like I don't know because that was the big thing is like every oh they're they're just much better guitar players and stuff and it's like okay so Mustaine could play solos, but I mean I'm pretty sure James could play solos if he wanted to, but
1: yeah, he knew uh, where his strengths were and he wanted to. You know, keep. But going yeah, I don't know. There was always
2: this big thing about like, oh, they're more technical than than Metallica and stuff. And I was like, all right, whatever. Doesn't I make mean, them but better. To me, me is um, Slayer's the number one. Yeah, for yeah me. Fair. Like they've always been. But uh, you know, I guess as a death metal dude, like, and that's kind of the roots of that. And it's like, well, of course that would. You know, I mean, fuck. You listen to Rain and Bloodness. It's just like Jesus, man. Like, yeah, it's still
1: powerful as fuck. Thirty three years later, you know. Dude, that just Dave Lombardo just fucking ripping away. Just constant power, you know? Constant power should be a band name. Um I don't know, man. They're 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 all good to one degree or another. And then you got you got crossover thrash is a whole other movement, right? They kind of sprung up between that and hardcore a little further down the road. I mean shit anthrax had the spin off of uh stormtroopers of death you know with with scott and charlie and their former ba- or uh, bassist danny and their roadie what's that dude's name from uh from stormtroopers of death billy milano billy milano that's the one i'm looking for yeah he was their roadie and he introduced him
2: well, yeah and the they had scene. they had sod and like uh there was what septic flesh yeah. No, not Septic Flesh. Or Septic, septic death. death.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <coughs> you <coughs> know, you had, um
2: a little side thing there.
1: Cryptic Slaughter. Uh all of the bands that spawned from that whole Venice Beach scene, obviously suicidal, but you also had XL.
2: Oh no, I was talking about like basically like side projects of because oh, Kirk and fucking yeah. James Hetfield. James Hetfield played like drums or something in Septic Death. Mm. Or at least there was a, there was a side project with him and Kirk.
1: Yeah. Um I know there's a pusshead connection between Septic... Oh, well, yeah, pusshead was the fucking you know, singer of Septic Death. That's yeah. what it was. My bad. So then...
2: So... I've always thought, like... I mean, obviously, it's... A, yeah, fucking Slayer, you know, to me, was the, the big one. Even though back in the day, it was always, like, Metallica. But, th- you know, it took me a little bit longer to get into Slayer's sound. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And some of it was the solos. Like, it took me longer to get into it. And then, so a lot of people don't like, you know, Slayer solos. They, they sound like, oh, they're dead, they're dying cats and yeah. fucking blah, blah, blah. And they're out of key. And, uh, and like, to me, that totally makes it work. That's mm-hmm. what makes them sound more evil is the fact that, like, it doesn't sound pretty. Yeah. At it's all.
1: Literally wailing guitars. Yeah. yeah.
2: And you know and like Anthrax always had the shittiest solos. Dave Spitz or Dan Spitz was just mm. he just wasn't the guy. I I get that you had the guy. You know and and they had him for a while and I know there was some bad blood when he left or whatever. But like you listen to them now with fucking John you know, from Shadows Fallen and fuck, man. I mean, it's like, wow, this is what they actually, you know, because by the time they had like, you know, Dime play with them on Stomp 442, yeah, dude. they weren't even playing thrash music at that point. So it was like, ah, oh, just whatever. Like, this isn't even anthrax to me. But but now you listen to it and you're like, wow, like, you know, this is what it would sound like with, like, it would, like I have looked up the live videos recently. And hearing him play solos on the old stuff, and I'm just like, wow, like yeah. that's what it sounds like with the fucking actual like really good, uh solo guitar player. And then, obviously, Megadeth was kind of hard to get into certain things because they never had the same dudes. That's true. <laughs> you yeah, it was yeah. always just Dave and Dave. Yeah, you know, and it, they. I mean, the, I mean, it's even it shows, for a while. It, it shows for them because they. It always sounded like Megadeth. I mean, yeah. you know, and then. You know, obviously Metallica. I mean, it was pretty solid until Cliff died, and and it was. You listen to all this stuff remastered now, and I don't know how the fuck Dave Mustaine did it. He talks about going in and cleaning up tape and stuff, and I'm like, how do you clean? I I don't know.
1: You're talking about those I, Megadeth I, dude, the remasters. Megadeth
2: remasters were amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's an album by album thing for me. The one for um, Rust in Peace, I love. The one for Countdown, I do not. But I think that's because I grew up with it a certain way. It's like we were talking about the Ozzy stuff with the Bob Daisley and Drummer Dude. Yeah. And just being used to the one way for so long that, like, technically that's a better recording for Countdown. But I prefer, you know, I prefer the way I heard it for 20 some odd years before that, you know. Uh, but it's all good. They have both versions on Spotify last I checked. Uh, How about like, there's two or three different versions of Rust in Peace and they all sound good. It's just what, which one do you want to hear at that moment? You know, like, like uh, it's commendable the way that a lot of that turned (laughs) out. and, And as far as I know, killing is my business. Like they've done remasters on it and I still, it's still really hard for me to get into, you know?
2: It's not as good of stuff. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you remaster something that, you know, I mean, if it's a riff you don't like and you remaster it, it's just going to sound like a louder riff you don't like. Right. You know, I mean, there's not much you could do to that. I mean, you, but I mean, dude, I'm talking like so far, so good, so what? That original album sounds like shit.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Sounds like
2: total ass. Mm-hmm. And that remaster he did sounds amazing. I'm yeah, like, absolutely. how the fuck? And then. You know, there was the big thing about, like, you know, he had to, you know, they were so, you know, fucking doped up on heroin that that the producer was going in and, like, finishing guitar solos or redoing guitar solos and stuff, and they had no idea. Nice. So he was going through, and he was like, wow, I've, you know, never heard this or i never heard that, and it's almost like he was kind of discovering the albums himself again. Right. And it's the job that he did is just amazing because it almost sounds like he went in and re-recorded everything.
1: Well, some of them, that was the case, right? I thought no, I heard some of them. Everything was put... just,
2: no, he really he talked about, he had just hours and hours of sitting there cleaning tape. Jeez. Because those remasters, I mean, dude, like a lot of times, man, like the Sepultura remasters, they don't sound that great. They're not mm-hmm. that much louder. They obviously, they didn't remix them. Right. It's just remastered. Yeah. Cause all remastering does is really just, it just makes it louder. That's mm-hmm. all it really does. Maybe a bit clearer. Yeah. But really, all it does is make it louder. Now, if you get a remixed and remastered, now that's, now you have something different. I think that's what everybody wanted with Justice for All was a yeah. remix and a remaster. But I guarantee you, dude, because of what Jason is doing and the sound that he has on his bass, you can turn that bass up, man, and it's still going to sound the same. Also, unless you completely change that guitar sound on that album the sound that all these people just love, I I don't like it. It's uh-huh. too scooped. But the reason there's no bass on there is because there's too much bass on the guitars. Mm-hmm. And it just completely wipes everything out, and it just becomes one big fucking wah-wah type yeah, of sound. For sure. And it's like, okay, like, I don't know what you would call it. It's, it's so integrated almost that there's n- probably not a lot you could do unless you completely fucking like re-EQ, the like, you have the dry guitar tracks and you re-EQ them or something. Yeah. Like, I think would be the, that would be the only way. Re-EQ the bass, too. Like, you know, plus he plays with the picks, so he's super tight, especially if he's picking the exact same direction they are. Yeah. It'll be super tight, and it's going to be harder to hear anyway. You know, and then top it all off, I mean, he could, there's not a ton of parts where he's playing something different. A lot of times he's playing exactly what the guitar is playing. Yeah. And in a sense, he's just a another rhythm guitar, and it's just like Jesus Christ, dude. Like, yeah, you're probably not gonna be able to hear him much. Right? Not like Cliff. I mean, Cliff played finger style, so you're, it's gonna have a different tone to it. And you know, and and then I mean, obviously, you know, he had he free rein to you know do your solos and and this and that, but but he did play a finger style, and he did play a different style. He didn't just Back exactly what they played the entire time. Where most of what Jason does is, and he used a lot of chords too, which I mean sound huge. Yeah, but it's gonna sound like the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so it's kind of interesting. I know Anthrax didn't do remasters. I think they just re- re-recorded stuff because they don't have their their masters because they were on Mega. Was it Megaforce or Island? They
1: were yeah, both of those. Well, it was both. But which one? Like the prominent stuff. Well, I, was there was Island. one
2: that folded, but they. They had the rights, because both of them folded. But one of them had the rights, and they can't get the rights or something. Or
1: all I can think of is so they had eight, to re-record. No rights. Uh, re-record. Which one did they re-record? Well, you know they did the uh, they did like a
2: greatest hits. It was like, they did
1: the greater of two evils, and that yeah. was with uh Bush on vocals. Which that's out of print now, and I don't know who has the rights, and I'm pissed because I love it, and I want to find a copy of it because I never got one. Um, damn dude, now you got me thinking. They're, they've had a lot of weird luck with labels and stuff over the years. All, Island was all the stuff that all the prominent Joey Belladonna stuff was on. I, I know they re-recorded.
2: Maybe that was just that one.
1: Greater of two evils? Yeah. And I want to say that was on Sanctuary, which isn't a fucking label anymore as far as I know. So, yep, Sanctuary. Okay.
2: Yeah, so I mean that's, you know.
1: How great, by the way. We're going to re-record stuff that we don't have the rights to, and now they don't have the rights to that either. Uh, and they're not pushing Bush stuff these days, which bums me out. But that's just me. Um, I don't know. Their discography all over the place.
2: I mean, they got all the stuff on. They got all the stuff. I mean, they. In fact, they just released an anniversary edition of State of Euphoria, mm-hmm. which has been cleaned up a little bit and it sounds a little bit better. Um, yeah. But I mean, not like, not like. It, it just sounds like somebody turned up the volume it's not like yeah. they cleaned up the tracks and stuff like that like like you listen to those megadeth remasters i mean there's like you know it's gated and stuff like there's no hiss at all there's no noise at all like it just sounds immaculate oh yeah and i it didn't
1: is- know they're on megaforce again
2: like I said, like I mean, it sounds like he went in and re-recorded all that shit. Like it's fucking crazy. Like you listen, you're like, holy fuck, you know the death, you know death remasters were like that too. So yeah, there's a lot of the old stuff that's like that. Like and and so then, all of these bands got weird. Yep, <laughs> every fucking one of them. I mean, Slayer didn't get light, but they got weird too. They changed their fucking style up a little bit. A lot of people say, oh, when did Slayer become a hardcore band? You mm-hmm. had Megadeth doing really weird stuff. Cryptic yeah. writings and shit like yeah. risk. It was very strange. You <laughs>
0: I know, have obviously have Metallica kind of
2: going into a grunge-ish direction. Yeah, Anthrax doing whatever the fuck yeah. the sound of white noise and and Stomp four four two was. I mean, I'm a big not a big, but I used to really enjoy listening to Armored Saint. I like John Bush's vocals. I think he's a excellent vocalist, and I just didn't really like the stuff that anthrax was doing with him mm-hmm. i um, i know
1: that's the thing for a lot of people and that that's my anthrax i came that's what yeah, i came that's the to. alternative
2: era and that's yeah. like your formative time yeah is in the alternative era where literally like everything was weird yep like 95 percent of music was just weird at the time
1: mm-hmm my first exposure to Exodus was it's a good day to die or whatever after you know off that one album that's considered like the black sheep of their whole discography It's a good day to die I think that's the name of it Hold up let's Wow Let let me let me let me make sure I got the names of these fucking things right I just hear Jake from Converge always talk about that's that's the one bleak spot in Exodus is uh, in Exodus's career Him and Jamie Josta Force of Habit is the album, and
2: oh, I remember that album. Yeah. I didn't, li- I didn't like that one very much. That, that was
1: my Good Day to Die. Okay, so Good Day to Die. Yep, that's just okay, what I so was coming into. Okay, out of guitar into. players, ooh, okay, who you uh, got? Let's uh, say solo.
2: Let's say let's say solo guitar player. I've had this
1: this thought in my head a million times that I'm never. Especially recently, I was doing this the other day.
2: And we're talking big four, not yeah, yeah. The no. other we'll we'll do a, we could do another episode on like tier two or something, but
0: yeah. Oh
1: man, I uh, it'd have to be somebody.
2: I mean, it's really who do we got? We got. Carrie and Jeff.
1: You got Carrie and Jeff. Kirk. Yeah. You have you got Dave, Dave and. Uh, Marty Friedman. Marty Friedman. Uh, Chris Poland. P- Chris Broderick. You, Megadeth has got a fucking stable. Oh, well, okay. A never ending yeah, stable. Yeah, you
2: could. Okay, so we're going full career. Yeah. Uh,
1: Anthrax, you got Danny Spitz. You got Paul Crook for a very little bit. You got uh, Rob Caggiano. And then you have.
2: John Denai.
1: Yeah, John Denai. Who's the fucking and then there's probably some other dudes before that too.
2: You also have Jeff Young for Megadeth. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I who's got just it. some I, random dude. Nope. I, well, I just speaking of random dudes, I got my I got my pick. You ready? Okay. Lloyd Grant from from the original recording of uh, of Hit the Lights on the Metal Massacre compilation for Metallica, a Jamaican guy. Who's only just now starting to get out there and play music again because he didn't want to join Metallica full time because he wanted to go to school, and so now he's getting back into it. And he's since played with them a number of times. Why are you taking that dude? What does he play like? It's just like like I just like the story of it. It's not even like that he's a great guitar player. I'm just I'm just joking around. But like oh, I do like, I'm like his you're rendition. just that dude. You're you're the oh, no. I only like the demo. No. Shit, man!
2: I, I only liked the guys that were in the band before they actually became the band, and they yeah. were kind of just like kids.
1: Honestly, I might go rub Kajiano. I always really liked his style, and like like he was prominent at the time. He's he's killing it right now in Volbeat. I was Good say, is he him. the Volbeat dude? Yeah, now he's in Volbeat. That he left Anthrax to go do Volbeat. He was in Damned Things too, which he's not uh, anymore with Scott Ian. Um, and um, I just really liked his style. I, I you know I love Kirk Hammett, but like. He just does the one thing with the wah pedal, right? Uh, and he's good at it, you know. He's obviously been doing it for over 30 years. Um, Dave Mustaine I like. Never really picked. Oh, I might have changed my answer to Marty Friedman, dude. Marty Friedman's.
2: Marty's my favorite. I mean, I've, if we're taking solos, yeah. Marty Friedman. But I like his solo stuff, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, same. He- I liked
2: him before he joined Megadeth. Yeah, like, that Hawaii, was the big thing. And like cacophony. Yeah, cacophony yeah. was fucking great. I mean, you know, pair him up with Becker, and it was just like, wow, dude, like that's oh, yeah. really fucking cool. Like I loved all that stuff. And I mean, yeah, I got love for the guys for Slayer, but but I mean, as far as the solos go, I was never a Kirk guy. Yeah. Like I don't get me wrong. His solos are fine for Metallica. Yeah. They work great for what they're doing. I love them when fast. I
1: first heard him. You know? That's yeah. the big
2: thing, dude. Like, Kirk Hammett's fast, Yeah, and he needed to be fast. Yeah. Like, you know, Satriani student, mm-hmm. you know, um, really fits Metallica's music very well. Absolutely. And even later Metallica, he still, he shifted gears, and he still sounds fucking good for what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I never really noticed enough stuff of enough of a particular dave mustaine style yeah because i never really knew whose solos were whose that's right but like i said i mean i do know marty friedman and i always liked him i've you know anthrax is it it was never about solos with those guys it was always like where's that mosh part at right yeah so
1: yeah put me down for put me down for marty friedman i guess is the follow-up question gonna be rhythm guitarist Sure, let's go rhythm guitar. I'll make player. a whole band because like, I mean,
2: we'll talk about like okay, so we're talking like just playing ability, but also like their riffs, dude. Like, yep. who, out of those four bands, who do you like the riffs the best?
1: For me, it's got to be Scott Ian, followed immediately by James Hetfield, because I feel like they were very, very close style-wise, you know. But I, if I had to go one more than the other, I always just like this little extra stomp feeling to to what day or you know Scott Ian was putting down, you know
2: yeah um how about you i'm taking hanneman
1: all right yeah, yeah let's do that too
2: i remember reading a thing in revolver magazine it was like the top 10 slayer riffs yeah and it was with carrie king yeah they were doing yeah. a thing with carrie king and and uh i mean they're like fucking like six deep seven deep or something like that And carrie kind of laughs he's like oh i see how it is you're taking all jeff's riffs yeah. and it was all like the classic slayer riffs you know like yeah and carrie and said like oh yeah this is all jeff's stuff like and And Jeff was just, fuck. I mean, you know, he was in the background a lot. Um, I don't know if that was by design, like Metallica had it by by design where Lars was supposed to be the spokesperson and and that's who did all the interviews. Right. Um, I don't know if it was by design. I don't know, maybe Jeff just... Didn't get the love, or maybe he didn't want any of the love. But all I do know is I remember that interview with Carrie
0: Yeah,
2: and he was saying like these are all fucking Jeff's riffs, and I was like mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like I had no idea because I always thought Kerry was like the dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was like I
1: didn't know till after he passed out or passed away, and so, all the stuff came out.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh man, like this is fucking awesome. And it, so it's like, okay, well Jeff's my dude. Like I mean, mm-hmm. and as much as I love riffs from all of them, I mean it's just fucking the the Slayer fucking the Menace that comes with those riffs, you know, the the sound of their guitars. I love, like, I know a lot of people don't like the sound of their guitars. and the, I mean, dude, definitely there's some albums where it's not that great. Um, but, I mean, in particular back in the day, like, the, the fucking sound of their guitars was just awesome. And oh, yeah. the thing I really loved about it was, like, you could tell it was Slayer.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you know that's what, what I'm saying. Like, they had a very distinct style compared yeah,
2: to all the Yeah, they had a totally different fucking kind of sound, especially back then. It was oh, yeah. like, fuck, man. But like, um, yeah, that that's who I would take. I mean, as far as drummers, I would probably go, I don't know, because I mean, as much as I like Lombardo, though, Dude, Benante's a fucking beast too, dude. Okay,
1: see, okay, now here's, you know what I mean? here's like, my crossroads, I dude. Yeah, because I, I love think Lombardo. Benante doesn't get any
0: love. Like.
1: I, I don't either. Here's the thing, is he would be my number one. But if we're talking career-wise, if we're talking classic dudes, Benante's it. I, you know, Lars... He's a competent drummer enough that does he he serves his purpose. I
2: think he's the worst of the bunch. He is,
1: but but I'm just saying I, I I've come around and but been like I, okay yeah, he I'm serves a purpose. He's terrible Lombardo isn't even my favorite Slayer drummer, dude. I was always the a Paul Bostoff Bo- guy. Yeah, and I love Lombardo, you know, in general for all his other stuff. But when it came to Slayer, I always preferred Paul Bostoff. And uh, I like that Lombardo's super chaotic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, what the you know where his fucking fills come from. The, well,
2: yeah, his Latin shit. Yeah, like, it's it's so, the
1: Cuban roots.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I I like that he's as chaotic as their solos.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. It adds
2: massively to the evilness of that band. But by the time they got to like they got Bostaff, I mean, obviously, Divine Intervention was kind of like that, or not Divine Intervention. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ob- that was the kind of the the tipping point of. We're going from this evil occult, you know, kind of version of Slayer to this more almost like practical, like hard kind of fucking Slayer, like almost more like street type Slayer. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they still dabbled with some of that stuff too. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as prominent as back when they, before that. And, you know, and so the stuff with Bo Staff or Boss Staff, however you say it, like, what he's doing definitely fits what they're doing, especially that newer fucking style. I think if they would have put out something like Diabolus with Dave Lombardo, it'd
0: be a very different. It would be weird sounding. Yeah, Um, Yeah.
2: There'd be a lot. Well, I mean, probably the producer would have said, Hey, you know, let's not, can we not fill right yeah. there, please? Yeah, yeah.
1: For, there's a lot of room for it.
2: Well, I, I bet the word overplay would come out a lot yeah. in in those studio sessions. So I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah. Or, I Well, I love that album. I do too. I a, know lot a lot of people, people hate it, that yeah. album. I go, fuck you, dude. That album's awesome. Yeah, it's hard dude. as fuck. That like, was
1: the first Slayer album I ever, I fucking ever bought. Oh really? Yeah. Again. Wow. F- where, well, yeah, that's true. Up, you know? I,
2: yeah that that album's fucking hard. It's underrated. Man. Like, there it's there really is some
1: cringy stuff on there. Looking it's back, but like the good stuff is fucking
2: good. I don't man. even think there's anything cringeworthy on there. I there's think, a few moments. I think where there's where you're some like, stuff hey. on God Hates Us All that's kind of like, oh, I, I know, agree. But, yeah, weird But time. Yeah, I mean, as far as so you're taking you're taking bow staff. So here, I, I mean, it for Slayer, like some type of a fucking
0: disease. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but so here's my thing. My
1: default answer for years has been, it literally, if you wanted to take my at a time you wanted to take my uh, my dream lineup for the Big Four, like a, for a person for every band, dude. That's
2: how we should have done this. <laughs> it
1: would be fucking Anthrax <laughs> with a different bassist. However, whoa,
2: what Frank Bellows?
0: Awesome,
1: he is. He absolutely is, and I and I, I and it's hard to replace him. And we're gonna but we're gonna when we get to the bassist, I'm gonna I'll I'll get more into it. Um, but like so that that here's the thing about the Anthrax or excuse me, uh, Megadeth drummers. Like, I don't know, a lot of them, a lot of them are, they're all fucking great to a degree, right? I always, but like, I don't know, to a degree. I, everybody talks about how Gar Samuelson was this brilliant, like, jazz drummer guy, and maybe it's because well, of the albums he was Poland in. him and Chris Poland
2: were both, like, jazz dudes. Yeah, Like, dude. that's what was so weird.
1: Just think about the album they were on, though. Dude, Killing is my fucking business. I just, I didn't hear it, but. Oh, like, no, they were both on peace Cells. Yeah, where are they? Oh yeah, yeah? it's Chris oh. Paul and Gar
2: Samuelson. Well, shit, that yeah. changes
1: things. Okay, so there's that. But then you also got, you know, I grew up with, you know, when I got into Megadeth, it was Nick Menza and Marty Friedman, who we already talked about Marty Friedman. But Nick Menza, and I've heard drummers say that Nick Menza was a hack. I, was, I don't, I'm not, I don't know drums. You know, I'm not a drummer. Um, if you say so, I, I thought he was a solid fucking drummer. Um, and then they've had other guys come and go. So now here's the one thing where I'm like, ooh, that's that's making me, you know, it's it's making it difficult for me to commit to Charlie Benanti, who's who's the fucking drummer for Lamb or uh, excuse me, Chris Adler. Well, I was gonna say you don't get to say Chris there. Adler; he's barely on. No, 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 no. that, that's not what I meant. I meant who's the drummer that uh, came after him for Megadeth. It's fucking Dirk from Soilwork. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now I'm just like, uh, does that count?
2: No, that doesn't count.
1: Okay, then Charlie Bonanti. But dude, uh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, man, yeah, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. can't um, pick a
2: dude that's done one album. I mean, they're coming out with the album this year, but I yeah, mean,
1: I know. That's why I was like, ooh, it's technicalities, like, dude. But yeah, no, dude, Charlie. Charlie's the man. He he's one of the guys that you could, I think you were kind of pointing to it earlier that you could kind of see the development of the blast beat where it ended up. A lot of people credit him at certain points, you know? Um, what do we want to do? Vocalist or bassist? Let's go,
2: let's go into bass players, man. Like who you got for that? Like,
1: (laughs) so obviously Cliff is the man. He's the, he's the guy, you know, he's amazing. He's, he's, Pointed at as being one of the reasons Metallica is the way it was. He was the guy that introduced them to hardcore and funk. He's the guy that got him into uh,
2: He's the classical he's influence. He's the classical
1: too. dude. He's the classic rock dude. Like he's the guy that really put the diversity in there and really sowed the seeds. Uh, you could you could point at to him as being the reason that a lot of it turned out the way it did. First of all, he's not my preferred Metallica bassist because again, when I grew up it was it was Jason Newstead. Um and even then you could point out some things here and there with him. Uh and I feel bad for Rob Trujillo, dude, cuz Rob Trujillo is an amazing bassist and he doesn't get a lot of credit these days because of what he's done with Metallica, but like
2: It's weird to me he's always a suicidal tendencies he's, infectious grooves yeah. guy. Yeah.
1: And Ozzy, when I was growing up, he was with Ozzy, he did nah, stuff with uh I never
2: acknowledged him as anything other than uh, not acknowledge. I mean, of course he's the bass player for Metallica. Yeah. When he played with Ozzy, I had no idea that he was even playing with Ozzy. And it was kind of a revolving door. It yeah. was kind of like, oh, Ozzy had these touring guys. It was like, whatever. I yeah. I couldn't fucking care less who the fuck Ozzy's other people were. Yeah, he was the funnest guy to so watch during like those whatever. shows,
1: though, dude. Like, he was an amazing but, showman. Same with Metallica. He's the funnest guy to watch on Metallica To me, now. the
2: stuff that he does in Metallica, too, is not Robert Trujillo to no, me. It's, like, it's, to it's, me, Robert Trujillo is the stuff that he's doing on old suicidal tendencies God, and man. infectious grooves. Yeah, Like and i think he only played on a couple of the infectious grooves albums
1: like well i mean that's all they did right they 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 were kind oh, of short lived like thing. Or four. but yeah. i mean he also
2: he also did play on like a ton of suicidal tendency stuff nah. either
1: but, but but supposedly he has a really big hand still in in helping him out and stuff and funny funny thing talking about infectious grooves you remember you remember Encino man Oh yeah, dude! Yeah. Infectious Grooves playing at the end. It's yeah, Brendan Fraser dancing along with with Pauly Shore and fucking. Oh yeah, and and uh, Sean Aston and and Robert Trujillo. So I kind of want to watch that now. So we're ta- Metallica dudes. That's that's where all that's at. Um, Slayer, you, you yeah. know, Tom Mariah. He just he's had a, to sing. Like, yeah, he's a competent bass player. He's not there. He's not yeah.
2: there to be playing. The Have
1: you ever the heard bass. the isolated tracks for Rain and Blood?
2: No. It's I don't think I would want to. It's, well, I've, so here's the thing. Well, I mean, like, I've seen the tabs. Like I've I've learned the songs. Like, but like it's,
1: the big thing is where they isolate each track or whatever. So this uh, Christian Hand shout out. You are the man, and he's really one of the guys that kickstarted this whole thing. He he uh, he would bring in tracks, and be like, dude, check this out, and he explained how he did it. But my pea brain couldn't understand, you know, what he was talking about. But it sounded cool. And so he brought in one day to this show. He brought in uh, he brought in tracks from Slayer from Rain and Blood, and he's like, dude, here's... Okay, here's what the drums are doing, and you hear Dave Lombardo, you're just like, oh, my God. Here's what the guitars are doing. You're like, oh, that's crazy to hear him isolated, right? And then... And I'm talking specifically about, like, the end... Um, you know, that... <laughs> like, end part of Rain and Blood, right? So, like, to hear these frantic, crazy stuff these guys are doing, and then you just hear, <laughs> and then you just hear Tom Araig going... <laughs> it's like...
2: It was fun. Oh, yeah, dude. He's... He's just not, it's, the bass isn't supposed to be anything important in that band. Yeah. You so know, it's.
1: That's Slayer. Uh, again, we're talking about Frank Bellow from Anthrax, dude. He is the man. There's no denying that. But my favorite fa- uh, big four bassist has always been fucking uh, Dave Ellison from Megadeth.
2: He's awesome.
1: Yeah, dude. so. That's, that's my pick. Like, he had a very distinctive tone. He had a very distinctive way of playing. A lot of a lot of the backbone, especially of some of those songs, is his bass. You know, playing. They did a
2: whole song with just him on the bass.
1: Yeah,
0: like
2: I mean, there's drums, but it's just him on the bass. There's no guitar. Yeah, very few bands do something like that. Yeah. So so my, yeah. my and bass it's not, is. It's not just you know a solo. It's not anesthesia. Yeah. Like, it's an actual song. Mm-hmm. Mustaine is singing on it. There are drums, and then the actual majority of that song is just Lfson fucking playing. Yeah. And to me it's like wow, so you have Cliff, Jason who is awesome as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Bello and fucking Lfson, like that's four really fucking awesome bass players. Like absolutely. and I don't think they get talked about a whole hell of a lot Cliff does. Cliff gets a lot of fucking love. Yeah, absolutely. The rest of those dudes don't really get talked about a whole lot, and I mean, yeah, sure, on fucking a lot of Metallica stuff, you don't really get to hear Jason, but on the Black album, you do. Absolutely, and he plays some cool shit, but definitely on fucking you know Doomsday for the Deceiver, on fucking Flotsam and Jetsam, he fucking goes off on that album. Like, oh, listen yeah. to that shit. You'll hear a fucking dude who can play. Yeah, he was kind of like I could. I don't know if he was. Now that I think about it, but he seemed to me like a dude who was who grew up. Listening to fucking the shit that Cliff Burton was doing. Yeah. You know, like with the little crazy fucking just random solos in the thing, like, you know, but I mean Alephson did that too. I would probably take I'd probably go with Cliff. Fair enough. He was he's the first one out of all of them that I really fucking heard and and just was just like fuck.
1: He's a one in a million, like dude, the guy
2: was so fucking good. But I mean, you know, Frank Bello too, like I mean, I just really liked his fucking bass sound. It had that really kind of fucking like aluminum yeah. crinkly kind kind of sound. There's almost
1: like, a chorusy effect to it at you know, times like almost.
2: It clunked. It clunky. It was more like Steve Harris yeah, sound. It's like,
1: bright as fuck. Yeah,
2: super bright. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the word for it. Like and not so not so fucking weedly like not weedly, but not so I don't know what you would call it, like testament's fucking sound.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Where it's just like sounds like a fucking weird caterpillar. Crawling on a metal leaf. I don't know. It's really weird.
0: I like it. No, that, that's a good way to put <laughs> uh, it.
1: And now vocalists. Ugh.
2: That one's dude. This one's fucking really rough because they're all like none of them scream. So that's true. It's Closest like, is
1: Araya, right? But it's more of like a probably. shout. It's, it's almost hardcore.
2: Yeah, I never liked his fucking. <laughs> I like a
1: super high shit. Like yeah, it started. Yeah. I, I thought it was death. fun when I was a kid. But ah, you know.
2: Well, I mean, I'll hate it, but it was always like, oh, yeah, you're not. That's not. But again, it added to the chaos because it didn't sound good, like pretty. Yeah, no, that's nothing true. Nothing Slayer yeah. did sounded pretty. I mean, no. maybe the fucking clean parts, but even then it was pretty evil sounding.
0: Yeah, no, for you sure. You know what I
2: mean? Like nothing sounded pretty. Like everything sounded ugly and evil. Yeah, and that was what made them so fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I really don't like Dave Mustaine's vocals, especially back in the day. I do know that on that Dystopia album, they tuned everything down, so he's singing a little bit lower, and right. he sounds a lot better to me. Yeah, it's um, his voice sounds a lot better. It's not his singing ability. It's just the sound of his voice. Sorry, man, you don't get to choose that, Yeah, you know? But that's how it goes. Yeah, I just don't like the sound of his voice.
1: A lot of that, I think, is choice. Like, if you hear what it is he's doing. The first two songs I heard, again, soundtracks, Angry Again off of Last Action Hero, which I think that's actually a pretty decent vocal performance. And then the next one I heard was um, Breakpoint from the fucking Super Mario Brothers soundtrack, and all I could imagine was like a little angry leprechaun singing singing these songs or like a troll or something cuz that's when he was really
0: well, yeah it's like hello me me yeah. the real so me so like, it's like what the fuck
1: dude like it's so strange it's yeah it's what he's feeling at the time or what it is he chooses to do that that kind of throws me off you know what i mean like he can do other stuff he just some of it was like no it should sound like i'm like trying to breathe through my nose and have a really hard time while doing it you know like i was like okay so that's it's weird because do.
2: Belladonna is basically just a fucking glam singer. Yes. I mean, he doesn't really, he's got the, I mean, he's almost like Steve Perry. The, you know?
1: Yeah. That's this whole class, you know, Rush, Journey, like yeah, that whole it's, thing. It's
2: like, okay. So I think in that regard, I'm not going with James, even though I liked his, you know, obviously the older stuff, not the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm going to go late heiress Slayer Tom. Okay. For my vocals. Fair enough. You know where I'm but, going. You know. Yep, yep, yep. Yo, you're going John Bush, I'm yes, sure. Yes,
1: indeed. Again, uh, Headfield's a close second because, like, I do feel like he is kind of underappreciated for what he does because he did come up with good melodies. He had a certain amount of force he in his had voice back
2: in the day. Yeah. He had a roughness that was cool. Like, yeah. like I said, I mean, the earlier stuff, like, it fucking sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, And definitely for what they were doing. I just. To me, it's like, you know, like the whole, like what you were saying, like hardcore Araya. Like, I really like that style.
1: Yeah, when he like really started to grow into it. So, quick story time about Mustaine. He didn't originally want to sing in uh, Megadeth. He just did it because he didn't hear anybody that he liked. When well, they, yeah, when they James were didn't
2: want to sing in Metallica either.
1: Yeah, and you know who, who they tried to get to sing for Metallica when he the didn't want to sing? Glenn Danzig. F- well, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. They well, wanted
2: Glenn Danzig and they wanted... Who else? who are you thinking of?
1: John Bush. He got approached oh, really? when he was still in Armored Satan. Yeah, so so they did a thing for an anniversary show one night. So um, yeah, there was there was the anniversary show where uh, John Bush came out and sung a Four Horsemen with him, and that was the idea. Is like that's what they would sound like if if John Bush did end up singing on vocals, and it sounded fucking
0: awesome. So that was good.
1: So that's more or less our our ideal lineups right there.
2: You know, there was always that game of like, oh, if you could take this person from this band, put them in another band. Yeah. You know, and ev- I mean, everybody was always like, oh, Dave Lombardo and Metallica. And I'm like, I don't think it would work good.
1: Was well, he one of the guys that filled in that one night that Lars was sick or was that somebody else? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard much of
2: Metallica lately just because like... Obviously, I don't... Well, we'll get into that in the episode, but... Yeah,
1: 15 yeah, fifteen years ago, they were at, like, Download or something, and, and Lars got really sick last minute, so they had to have people come in and fill in on drums, and I want to say one of them was Lobardo. But the one I know for sure was Joey Jordanson, and that was awesome. Like, just imagine that, that Joey Jordanson flow with Metallica, and it sounded fucking sick.
2: He's got a weird flow. He gets a lot of shit, too. I mean, look... I'm not going to be the dude that says Joey Jordison is like the best fucking drummer. Mm -hmm. I think that's what bothers a lot of people. There is a lot of people that say Joey Jordison is the best fucking drummer. Mm -hmm. Lars is okay. Metallica is one of the biggest bands ever. A lot of that has to do with the old stuff that they did. Yeah. Growing up when I grew up, in kind of their prime... Lars being a shitty drummer was never a topic of conversation, mm. ever. It's more of a recent thing, right? And it's like, well, yeah, you have a lot of drummers that can smoke Larko, Lars Ulrich, like, but you have a lot of drummers that can smoke Dave Lombardo too. Yeah, you have a lot of drummers that can smoke Charlie Benante. It's called progression. That's how it works. Yeah, and it's like, okay, like, fine. These dudes weren't the absolute best fucking at their instrument. You don't have to be. You just got to be good at what you're doing and fucking make it work. Yeah. Here's the thing. All those fucking songs you love, dude, say what you want about Lars Ulrich, man. If you can sit there and listen to Master of Puppets and all you're going to do is fucking listen to the fucking drums and complain that you wish he would do this or he should be doing that, I don't know what to tell you. You're not listening to that song.
1: It's about the contribution. I'm not saying you
2: have to love the song. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying you have to think it's the greatest song ever. I'm just saying, listen, to that song as a whole, not just sit and listen to quit critiquing it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: quit, you know, trying to rewrite it. Yeah. Right. And just listen to that song. There's nothing that Lars is doing in that song that ruins that song. Yeah. You know, there's nothing he's doing in almost any of their songs that straight up ruins the song. You know, like it's he may not be playing what you would play or what you want him to play. But also, it's not anything that's really just totally killing that song. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't listen to this. (laughs) Hey. You know what I mean? So it's like when I was younger, I was the same way. Tommy Lee was winning all the fucking magazine, you know, polls. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Tommy Lee, he just plays this easiest fucking beat ever. And, uh, and, all this, uh, you know, and it's like, okay, like, but, but, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I still loved all those Motley Crue songs that Tommy Lee was playing on. Yeah. I mean, about- I don't think he, I don't think he should have been winning any of those awards. I still don't think he should have won any of those awards, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. Is Lars winning awards now? Do they, I mean, they a good still do, I, even do they, I guarantee you, if you put up a fucking best drummer poll now, Lars ain't winning it. No. So what's everybody's problem? No one is saying that Lars is the greatest drummer ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In fact, I've heard more fucking people talk about Joey Jordison being the best drummer who, you know, he's fine. Yeah. He's far from the best, but he's fine. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, Lars same way. I've I've heard, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say Lars is the greatest drummer ever you I know what feel i mean? like feel
0: like
1: you're statistically speaking
0: somebody that feels that way oh
2: i'm sure there are i'm just saying like people act like lars is winning you know fucking drummer of the fucking century every other day by right. some different publication or something it's like dude like what kudos is he getting that you're trying to refute yeah no that's you know, like, what, point, is, what, yeah. what is he i don't I don't what is it understand. you're trying to
1: knock down yeah no i feel yeah, I'm like yeah. i don't
2: get it yeah you know i and <laughs> you know i've certainly never heard it out of lars's mouth i'm the best yeah. drummer ever yeah larry no but it is a fun little it's a fun beef to fuck with people and and you know it's fun to have the people that you don't uh you know it's it's fun to have something you don't like it's mm-hmm. it's like sports sports isn't that fun when you don't hate a team it's yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Like, you, you got to have some type of conflict there so you can have some type of resolution or some type of overcoming moment. Like, and yeah, you don't like Lars Ulrich? Fine. Like, you know, I'm not a huge Lars Ulrich fan. Don't get me wrong. I know it was, it was the big thing is like, oh, you know, he fucking sold all these paintings and got all this fucking money. I'm like, man, you wish you could do that shit. You mm-hmm. wish you would have done that. Yeah. You're just mad because you didn't think of it. Yep. Because, damn, I would do that shit 10 times if I could, you know, sell some fucking art. It's not like he's the only fucker to ever do that.
1: Yeah. He's a he's a he's an entrepreneur. He's a figurehead. He's a character. He's fucking smart. Yeah, dude. He's, he's trying to live. He's a businessman. <laughs> and fuck. he's good at it.
2: Yeah. I so mean fuck it. That's the thing. It's it's kind of like a news flash to musicians. Not just metal musicians either. Musicians, period, man. Like I know everybody wants to fucking have this big fucking idea in their head that they're doing it for the art so they have they feel like they have more integrity but news fucking flash dude integrity doesn't pay your bills Mm -hmm. art doesn't pay your bills dude money does and that's just how it fucking goes Mm -hmm. you can still make a shitload of money while keeping your integrity Lars Ulrich I never heard him say he would never fucking sell art
0: yeah I never
2: heard him say anything like Arts for fucking pussies, and I'll never fucking do that. I never heard him say anything like that. He's a fucking smart dude, man. He fucking mm-hmm. sold some art, made some money. He's rich as fuck. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Don't be mad because he's rich as fuck. Not everybody is rich as a douchebag. Granted, they are if you think they're a douchebag. So mm-hmm. I, you know, there's that. But yeah, that movie didn't paint them in the best light. To me, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Difficult. On time. one hand, it made it, it. It show okay. Well, they're human, but on the other hand. I almost feel like it kind of pulled the curtain back a little too much. There was some of that stuff I'm just like, man, I just don't need to see this.
1: Yeah, the therapy stuff?
2: Some of that, yeah. I I, I thought it's not excessive if that's what you need to do in real life. Mm -hmm. It was excessive to show to the fucking people.
1: You know what sticks out to me immediately is that, that, remember, for a little while in the movie, James Goes to Rehab? And then when he comes back, he comes back to the compound and he's like, whoa, what's this? And he sees the cameras and stuff and they even dress in the movie that they had to talk about whether they were going to have to, you know, whether James was comfortable with the cameras being there or not, especially after coming back from that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, they signed off, you know, on whatever they want to show. Obviously, if they didn't want something shown, it wouldn't have made it into the movie. I'm just saying like for me personally, being a fan, it was like, man, there's just some of that I just didn't need to know. Yeah, fair. It was a little much, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, I only watched it one time. It's not that that changed how I felt about the band. I mean, I already, I was already, I'd already, I was already out when that movie came out. Right. You know what I mean? So when I first watched it, it was easier for me to be like, oh, fuck those guys. You know, and kind of get on that whole fucking Zach Wilde train of like, You know, you don't need to fucking pay a therapist fucking thousands of dollars to fucking tell you who the fuck you are. I'll tell you who the fuck you are. You're James fucking Hetfield. That's who you are. Right. Yeah, I was kind of in that same boat at first. And then it's like, okay, like, I get it. You know, life's a bitch, and people fucking need different things. And and it's not, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and I fucking understand that. But it's like, it just seemed kind of like, oh, I mean, I don't know, there's... They weren't really heroes, but to some degree, they did have a little bit of mystique about them and I kind of
1: missed that. That's something that isn't very commonplace nowadays with, you know, everybody being on social media and being, you know, having vlogs, daily vlogs. Yes, this is true. This is long before that. Yeah. And so. That might be the beginning of the end of
2: that. Nowadays, I'm much more open to that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I don't already have these illusions of what this person's like. Right. Granted, I didn't really think they were like
1: anything, I guess. It's more so that you figured out what they were not, so to kind speak. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I kind of figured out what they weren't. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. So yeah. R.I.P. Mystique and Music. That is a that is a bygone <laughs> era.
2: But I mean, it's almost cooler now because now I'm used to it. Like if that yeah. movie came out today, it wouldn't even phase me. It'd been like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, that's just
0: what it is. But
1: I'll okay. You've have you seen all these guys live? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw Megadeth once, never wanted to see them again. I thought they were boring as hell. And that's a bummer. Uh I loved seeing Anthrax live with Bush, and then I saw them last year-ish with uh with uh Belladonna, and they are two different bands. Uh, to a very noticeable point. Slayer I saw in ninety nine and that was like you know that was the only second second show I've ever been to, so I mean that was that was a hell of a thing. But like, and then I saw them do Rain and Blood in its entirety.
2: I almost want to say that's like peak Slayer, which is weird because they were kind of older. But
1: I would agree though, based. But on that's what when I saw, they yeah. were
2: touring a ton, so they yeah. became the machine. Yep. Like you know, um, mm-hmm. I've seen. I've only seen Metallica.
1: Okay, which lineup? Or I guess would you and I saw him with, should say. Oh, saw him with really? Jason. Fuck, dude. That oh um, man.
2: But I don't think so Megadeth's putting out an album this year. Mm-hmm. Slayers on their string of we're done tours. The um, the big
1: rumor is that the uh, final ever Slayer show is gonna be in LA on New Year's Eve. It in, should be in LA. I mean, yeah. that's where they started. Yeah, and the uh opening act for the for the final tour is going to be uh Primus.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
1: which is funny because the first time I saw them Primus was the band that went on right, right before them, so that'd be like closing a loop for me. Really? Yep.
2: Yeah, they're kind of winding down. I've I've haven't wanted to see Slayer for a long time. I mean, I know, you know, Tom's fucked up, you know, Jeff died obviously, you know, Dave hasn't been with the band for a long time. As much as I love Gary Holt, I'd rather I guess I'd. Ra- I mean, I'd rather see him in, in Exodus. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I think it's awesome. They're still going to finish it out and whatever. Like that's that's killer. Like, um, but like, I, I I've never really wanted to see Megadeth. Like I always Megadeth was one. Of just like I always love the music. You know, I'm I'm that guy because I now I know what fucking death metal fucking haters are like because I'm like oh I love the music but I don't like the vocals. Uh, okay yeah but I will listen to it that's the difference I will still listen to Megadeth. but I never really wanted to see him live
1: they were so boring dude it was such a bummer and that was my third show ever and I'm just like man this is
2: I mean I know for a while that I remember reading in a magazine where Dave Mustaine said he had a guy in the back that was like basically playing along with him and he would like do the the effects for him
1: oh yeah 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 I've heard they do that for Slayer too. Now. At the
2: time, I, I I remember thinking, like, wow, that's really fucking cool. But I also was wondering, like, well, wait a minute. Like, how are you supposed to imp- improvise at all? Right. You know, and, and the, I think the interviewer even asked, like, so that leaves, that pretty much cuts out all improv- improvisation. He's like, I'm not trying to improvise. I'm trying to play it like it is on the CD. And that, I think that was the first time I ever really got it in my head of, like, if I'm going to see you live and you're trying to make it sound exactly like the CD, then why would I fucking go see you live? Why don't I just stay at home and listen to the CD? So, yeah. I've never really wanted to see them live, but but I mean I know like you know they've got the album coming out. Slayer's winding it down. Um, Anthrax, I'm not sure what they're doing right now. I think they're on another album
1: about about to do another one. Or, oh, sh- Scott Ian's busy with damn things for the immediate future. They're gonna what put is it, it? Did you ever check out that band? It was it was Scott Ian and Rob, who was in the time Anthrax, and then it was Keith from Every Time I Die and the bassist they had from Every Time I Die, and then it was Andrew Hurley and the other guitar player from Fallout Boy huh. it was a super group. It's fun. It's, you know, old school. Their their whole thing was it's old school hard rock, heavy metal. They're coming from Sabbath and Thin Lizzy and Led Zeppelin and it's fun. Oh, I never heard of it. But Yeah.
2: I don't know, It was really weird. Right around John Bush, I, I kind of they kind of just fell away for me. Um Right. But like I said, I mean, I heard the new the, the new one with John, and and I thought that was a really good album. And I just recently saw like you know some some stuff hey. from some stuff from the Big Four. Yeah, uh, I mean that was pretty interesting to see that. Um, right. I mean, as far as Metallica, I mean, you know, we'll get into that later. This is <laughs> yeah, this is our first episode that we're re-recording, so I mean, I guess I got to say like I'm I'm a little bit ageist at times um, with certain things, and mm. it's like yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys I don't really care to see them live now, but I just, I, I, it's so weird to see this new blood of music is now the old guys.
1: Yeah, that's that's just how everything
2: you know what I mean. Goes, like right? I mean, obviously, you know, Priest is still a band, Iron Maiden is still a band, but these guys are still putting out, you know, a, you know, lots of albums. They're still yep. touring frequently and and whatnot. And you know, Metallica one was Hardwired a couple years ago. Um,
1: yeah, two thousand sixteen. So, oh wow, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah, I know time. Huh? So yeah, yeah, it's
2: just it's. It's a bit different, I guess. And, and you know, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest is, like, old to me. Like, even though I kind of came around to all of them at the same time. Right. They're still the old way. They're the old bands. And Metallica was, you know, Metallica and Slayer and, and Megadeth was, like, the new blood.
0: Yeah. You know what sure. I mean?
2: Like, and, hey, fuck, they might have been the same age as, like, Def Leppard and all those guys. I don't know. Like, but to me, it was, like, the new thing. And, and to see that getting old is or older is just strange it's just think, really strange to think me. about the
1: the new wave of british heavy metals coming up on being 40 years ago well how
2: old okay so how old is like uh look look it up real quick how old mm-hmm. is like fucking hetfield and and fucking lars and carry like how old are these guys i mean are they are they 60s
1: no they they got to be like mid 50s let's see hetfield is 55 yeah so literally mid 50s Let's see. I, I want to say the oldest dude in the big four is uh, Joey Belladonna. Lars is also 55. Kerry King is 54, soon to be 55. And Joey Belladonna is 58. Yeah, soon to be 59.
2: Well, wow, so they're basically like right about 10 to. 12 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. So when I was listening to it when I was 14, they were like 24, 25, somewhere around there. Right.
1: Weird. Ooh, Tom Araya is 57. it's So weird to Soon me. to be 58. Yep, 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 yep. That's how these things go. So,
2: okay. I can't imagine these guys playing the casino circuit when they're like 60. Nah. You know what I mean? I think that's why I think it's cool. Like Slayer is just like, you know what? Fuck it, man. We're done.
0: Yeah,
1: it is, it is to be, you know, it's cool to be able to say, though, like, you know, a band like Anthrax is still playing to multi-generational people at this point. Seeing all the, you know, the the wide array, you know, of not just people, but de- different demographics, different ethnicities, you know, obviously, you know, the gender diversity is awesome there, too. Like, there's something to be said about bands that don't have to do the casino thing because they still have a steady fan base, you know? Yeah. Um, And Anthrax is one of them. Uh, Megadeth is going to be fine. You know, he just keeps getting new people to play all this stuff, right? Um, Metallica is going to be fine. I guess the thing is that Lars keeps uh, simplifying his drum stuff to be able to keep on playing it. Slayer's the one that makes sense that would bow out because it is just all about brute force and energy, you know, and when that starts to diminish, and that's what your whole backbone is built on, right? Like... Why not? Why not bow out gracefully on a three-year farewell tour, or however long it's been going? Uh, they put in their time. Good on them. Let them rest easy. I guess. I guess Carrie's uh, going to keep pursuing music after this, and you know. Oh, um, that'll
2: be interesting. I'm kind of curious what he'll do. Yeah,
1: and then. Um,
2: so you got anything else to say? We wrap this up.
1: Thrash.
0: I sometimes. don't.
2: Uh, yeah, big four.
1: Yeah. Well, More yeah, so big four. Big four. More yeah so. okay yeah props to them for still doing what they do they're obviously massively important dude. props for them doing a tour together yeah yeah that for
2: sure it's too. not like they're all fucking homies dude Nah. this would be the same as i mean obviously grunge can't do it now but mm-hmm. this would be the same as morbid angel touring with cannibal corpse obituary and deicide
1: mm-hmm. you
2: think that would ever happen
1: yeah they've talked about wanting to do something really? like that for a while yeah uh, suffocation was part of that conversation at one point too. I don't know if that's still the case. Cause, cause I've never heard ago. of those
2: guys really necessarily having like legit beef. I mean, obviously there's a healthy competition there, but there was like legit beef, like in magazines between some of these bands. It wasn't just Dave Mustaine and, and Metallica. I mean, Slayer has talked like, you know, shit on all of these bands. Yep. At, at least Carrie and Jeff. Yeah. Like, and so there, it was, it really surprised me. I thought it was really fucking cool that they put all that aside. I mean, people think like, oh, well they're fucking old and you should just be more mature. Now dude, like it has nothing to do with maturity. It has everything to do with like fucking, it's, it's just some, we carry a lot. Like most people carry shit from years ago, mm. long into their fucking elder Days like so, to be able to put that aside is pretty cool,
1: yeah, absolutely. Did they ever release a DVD of that? Yep, and they broadcast it, it on how, um, how do you find
2: it now? Since, oh. You know, DVDs or whatever.
1: So, there was a service called Quello a few years back where it was a streaming service that specifically uh traded in like live concerts and and document, band documentaries. I don't know if it's still around or not because I haven't heard about it for years, but that was a thing for a while. It might be on Amazon. I mean, shit, you could probably just YouTube it truth be told you know
2: dude that might be something i'd be interested in buying man like i mean i don't like a lot like check out a lot of concert footage but something like that might be a big deal because i mean it was a big deal for me growing up these four bands yes yeah. huge i mean they changed the whole thing for me absolutely they took me from oh, like this glam thing is fucking cool and like i love all these fucking but to like wow this is like it i for lack of a better term, this was real music.
0: Yeah, for me. I, I like, think it was I might like, have.
2: Wow, this shit just got so much better. So I don't know if we're gonna put this out f- before the Metallica episode or after. I'm not sure. It'll be the same week, so it should be soon. Well, no one's gonna fucking need to know that. But uh, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe and
1: rate and review. Mm-hmm. Follow us, the Metalist on Facebook, Metalist Pod. On Inst or Twitter, isn't it? Me- oh, that's it's just Pod on Twitter. Yeah, because it's I just had to look. Are at you that handling again. the Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Metalist one. Podcast on Instagram uh, and anywhere else you could find us. Please say hi. Let us let us know what you think. And that's about it for now, folks. Talk to you very soon. Later. Bye bye.